Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm reading from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And it says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that prunes, that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. I want you to understand there's a progression in this thing. He's speaking to believers. He's speaking to those who have called on the name of Jesus. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now here's where he's talking to us again. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit unless of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you may bear fruit. So you will be my disciples. Over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea and the culmination of this series, uh, AD After Death, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And I want to end this series with this thought. Spiritual authority expanded in intimacy spiritual authority expanded in intimacy come on let's pray um father we love you we thank you that in these moments lord god that we get to spend time with you that we get to hear from you lord we thank you lord god for the things that you have done lord god the miracles lord that have taken place lord over the last few weeks lord and father i'm just thankful lord that we get to be a part of what you're doing lord so father i ask lord that you would speak that your holy spirit lord god will enter into our hearts lord and illuminate Help us to understand, Lord God. And today, Lord, let us walk out, Lord, with everything that has happened over the last few weeks, months, Lord. Let us be empowered, Lord God, to change the world, Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, would you put your hands together one more time for Jesus all over this place. Come on, Greater Church, put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Hey, uh, the, the last few months or the last couple of few weeks, uh, we've been in this series called AD After Death. And again, we're, we're culminating it. Um, in this season, we've explained to you and we've tried to slow cook as much as possible and try to unpack what takes years of, of university training, years of books to be able to kind of unpack, which is the Holy Spirit. And so we've walked through this thing and we've explained what it looks like for us when we have the Holy Spirit next to us as unbelievers. And then we understand what it means when salvation comes into the picture and then the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We've explained what it looks like when we are filled with the Holy Spirit to be spilled. And so we've had these nine different categories of spillage that we've been talking about. Um, the baptism with the Spirit. We've talked about the revelation gifts, uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. We've talked about the discerning of spirits, the power gifts, um, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. And, and then we've talked about these three gifts, which are the inspirational gifts, the word of prophecy, the, the, the tongues and interpretation of tongues. We've kind of unpacked what those look like. And not only did we unpack them, but we actually demonstrated them. And I think over the last few weeks, every single one of those gifts have been present in our church of the which I'm super excited because over the next few weeks um, actually starting next Sunday we're starting a brand new series and this series we're going to take every single Sunday and we're going to share some testimonies and some miracles of what has happened in our church because can I tell you that some big boy miracles have happened inside of this church and things that we're like super excited about sharing with you guys uh, I want to take the time to really unpack them and really share them because I want to I want to show I want to show you what God did in and through our faith as a church And so when we talked about these different gifts and these categories, it's like, okay, that sounds good, but how do I do it? Because this is not meant for the pastor, the man of God that got the sports coat on top. I just felt like dressing up a little because I missed (laughs) y'all. 
but I, listen to me, man. The very same Holy Spirit that I carry is the very same Holy Spirit that you carry. The first Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says that the gifts are given to each man, to every person, every man. And listen to me carefully so you understand the distinction of what kind of church you're in. Every woman, that they have the Holy Spirit living inside of them and that they're able to minister, right? And so Jesus talked about it in John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. These messages were not meant for you to be entertained and for you to see miracles. These messages were meant for you to be a miracle, right? So in July, what we're going to do is that we're starting this brand new series called Hello, My Name is Revival. We think that revival is an event. Revival is actually a person. Revival lives inside of you. And so what we want you to do is we want you to be a walking, living revival. And all through the month of July, we're going to be walking through the streets. We're going to go to Walmart. We're going to go to, to the town center mall. We're going to different places. And what we're doing in that is that we're going to be sharing this thing that we got inside of us, this, this Holy Spirit. And this is what it's going to look like when we're walking through Walmart and when we're walking through Town Center Mall and when we're walking through Home Depot is that we're going to start watching the gifts of the Spirit come out of you, not out of a pastor, not out of a leader, not out of another ministry head, but out of you. And so this series that we're going to be sharing with starting next week is going to be one that I believe is going to empower us and it's going to give you the tools to be able to say, hello, my name is Revival. You are a revival. So today, after my wife, a couple of weeks ago, she kind of unpacked what it looks like. Now that we have the Holy Spirit, how do we, it's not just positional, that as a, as a Jesus follower, I, I love the Lord. I have called on the name of Jesus. Positionally, the gifts of the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, now I positionally can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But what we tend to think is that it stops there. The gifts of the Spirit are not just positional, they're developmental. Meaning that you can develop these things. That you start small and that you continue to begin. Some of y'all didn't start small. Some of y'all started really big. But for us, we start developing this thing and we start to kind of walk this thing out. And so we talk over the last two weeks, what does it look like? The first thing that happens is that this thing is activated by faith. So it is faith, the first thing. Everything starts here. Everything starts and ends right here. The gifts of the Spirit begin right here because it begins saying, I am not ignorant, right? My brothers, don't be ignorant. Agnaeo to the gifts of the Spirit. When we're not ignorant, it means that we understand it and then they come alive, right? But then there comes a moment where you're just like, no, nah, that didn't happen. Or no, nah, that wasn't true. Or man, that was just my emotion. Or man, that was just something that could be explained. But you can explain it. And as my wife preached a few weeks ago, I can convince you with words, but somebody smarter than me can convince you with words. But the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, that right there has no explanation. And so it has to be accompanied with it. And so what we did is that we talked about this activation by faith. And then last week, I talked about this idea of rooting. It's rooted in identity and who you are. And I tried to explain to you who you are and what's inside of you and how you can operate in the gifts of the Spirit because of your position, because of who you are. And today, I'm culminating this thing talking about what it looks like to expand this thing in intimacy, right? So here's what I want you to see. Uh, Jesus, right? No one has ever had a demand upon his life more than Jesus. No one saw clearly the needs of people more than this Jesus. He had more people seek him out and he had more compassion on people. Nobody has had that more than this Jesus. But somehow this very Jesus that I'm talking about, he managed to live an incredibly busy in-demand life and yet stay deeply connected to the Father. How did he become so replenished? It wasn't that he was just Jesus. Philippians 2.17, I believe, says that he stripped himself of, of, of his divinity. So Jesus was a man like me and you was. He was trying to live a life that you couldn't live. But he had to do it outside of his divine nature. So he became man, right? So Jesus was a man. How did he have these moments of being able to pour himself out and yet be in so much demand? Can I show you how I looked? This is what, 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 what it was. This is what it looks like in our life. See, in our life, we are, we are filled with the Spirit, right? And so what happens is that in our life, we have this, uh, this thought that once we are filled, this isn't, again, I'll say this, and for the 80th time, and I'm not being facetious, and I was thinking about this earlier, um, I, I don't want to you know, step on your background or step on what you have learned or, or even heard or even supported or something that you are supporting even now. Um, but when it comes to the gifts of the spirit, this isn't for you to start your little LLC or your nonprofit or for you to go and set your website up and sell your little prayer cloths for $7.99. And then I, I, I say that, I say that without 
stepping over what individuals have done or criticizing or minimizing what other people have done. If they've done that, man, God bless them. But what we believe is that we are filled to be spilled, that this is all for someone to know Jesus, that the gifts of the spirit are not just for us to be able to live out this life where we're the powerful man of God. And we start, no, no, it's for you to spill yourself out. But what it looks like for a lot of ourselves is that when we spill ourselves out, we're like, yo, Tommy, you crazy as heck. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit. And, you know, your cousin Mickey, he just wild. You know what I mean? And you just like you're, you're trying as much as you can. And, and man, your auntie. Some of our moms are like that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't want to talk to me. And we're just, because that's what she did with you, your crazy self. And what ends up happening is that we, we fill ourselves, and then we, we're spilled out and we, we feel like this is what it looks like. But in Jesus' life, it was a little bit different. See, in Jesus' life and in your life, can I explain to you that you don't just minister from what you have, but what ends up happening is, leave, Ramses, come on up here, Ramses. You look good today. Come on, y'all make some noise for Ramses. Make some noise, friend. Levi, Levi, you come up here too. Levi, you come up here. I need you to hold the mic right here, bro. You got one job, my guy. There you go. Come on, Levi. Hurry up. Why you take your glasses off, bro? You look, man, put your glasses on. You look cool with me. Okay, whatever. I don't care. All right. So here's what I here's what I want you. I want you to grab this one right here. All right. And so so we we spilled ourselves out into other people, right? But all of a sudden, this is what Jesus looked like. How was he able to live such an in-demand life? Well, Scripture says that he says foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, right? So Jesus was constantly going, constantly going, but yet he seeked and he understood what it was like to be able to take time to replenish himself, to be filled. And he understood this one thing that in an illustration and over this message, I want you to see because this is representative of your life. So I want you to see this. So it wasn't that he just, right? So I took it back from you. It wasn't that he just spilled himself into another person. It's that he was able to do this. As God was filling him, come on, you could do it. As God was filling him, he was able to pour into another person and then pour into another person. Come on, keep going, keep going, and then pour into another person. And the, the idea and the thought is that you will continue. Y'all, can y'all make some noise for my boys? Make some noise for Ramses and Levi. So the idea is not just that you are filled, but that you are continually filled, right? And we saw this all through scripture in John, in Acts chapter 2. The Bible says that the, the, there was 120 individuals that got filled with the Spirit. And then after Peter was arrested, he comes out of jail. And in Acts chapter 4, it says the very same people were filled again. In Acts chapter 9, Paul, the apostle, whose name was Saul at this point, he gets filled with the Spirit when Ananias lays hands on him, scales from, from his eyes. And then in Acts chapter 13, he he is filled again with the Holy Spirit. So there is a continual filling, right? So in our life, our spiritual authority, the way that we develop, the things that God has put inside of us, that we don't just leave it in a minute, immature state, but the way that we impact and the way that we expand this thing is that we are constantly filled. And for to be constantly filled, we have to be expanded in intimacy. So how did Jesus do it? Somebody say, how did Jesus do it? Real quick, number one, he bared the Father's fruit. Number one, he bared the Father's fruit. He was on mission. You could put that as a subtitle. One of my favorite movies in the entire world, Lord of the Rings. It's a Christian movie. Look it up. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins, in the Fellowship of the, Ring, of the Rings, he said, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but he said, I feel thin, sort of like a little bit of butter spread over too much bread. You ever felt like that? Like, I mean, you, you, you try to give everybody, you know what I mean? You, I just, man, I'm trying to, and it just, sometimes it just feels like it's just too much. I, I got this job and it's keeping me from ministry, not understanding that that job is ministry. That's a whole message that I promise you we're going to unpack for you. But what happens is that we're constantly, we just feel like we're completely, what Jesus did was that he bared the father's fruit. So he understood, I need to be close to the Father. My job, my responsibility, for me to be able to get filled, I know where to be able to do this, and it has to be with the Father. See, here's what happens, is that we're constantly in the busy, in-demand life that we have. Every single person here, we are all, we're all busy. 
We all have jobs and we all have, some of us are looking for jobs. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless them, give them creative ideas, thoughts. Lord, I pray that you would help them with a job. Lord, let them connect in the church and meet people that are looking for employees and let them in Jesus' name have all the finances that they need to do everything that you have, that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Receive that. And for some of us, we work a lot. For some of us, man, we, we have hobbies. For some of us, we're in school. Some of y'all are in summer this, this season. And you don't want to hear about school. Read the Bible, bro. I don't want to read another book for the next 30 years. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all graduated. But, but what happens is that in that in-demand life, there are pockets of your life that what you're doing is that you're saying yes to Netflix. We're, we're saying yes, and I'm not being legalistic. I'm just trying to bring a little bit of maturity inside of you. So don't take this as, oh, the pastor said, you chew your gum, spit it out before you come in church. Now, I'm not doing any of that. You, you do what you want to do. I know that with me, man, I want to live a life that's extraordinary. I want the Lord to fill me in such a way that I'm being spilled out, that I watch men and women who are suicidal, who are so enwrapped with drugs, who hate God and have thrown two fingers at him. I want them to encounter the power of God so that they may give their life to Jesus and that I would watch as they turn, are discipled, and they begin to, I want to change the world. I don't want to live in a just normal little life. I don't want to live just going to work every single day and doing and paying my bills and coming back. I want to see God do some things in and through me. And so I'm speaking to that type of people and that might not be you and if you came on this Sunday God bless you next Sunday we're gonna have miracles and testimony we're still gonna bother you and we're still gonna make you want to do this but for now what I want you to understand is this is for people who got a little bit of an itch you feel like man there's more to life there gotta be more than just waking up in the morning putting my coffee on the pot eating a little bit of breakfast going to work talking to some people that I don't really like, getting back in my car, commuting for another hour to get home, to lay on the couch, eat a little bit of food, watch some TV, go to sleep, and do it again on Tuesday, and then again on Wednesday, and then again on Thursday, and then again on Friday, and then on Saturday, I just, I don't want nobody to talk to me. It's my day, I just want to hang out. And then on Sunday, I just want to go to church, but the moment that the pastor say amen, boy, I'm out of there. Why? Because I'm about to go lay on my couch again and finish catching up on Manifest. <laughs> I'm not, Wu-Tang said, protect your neck. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to come for you in a way that, that embarrasses you or make you feel, like I'm trying to stir you up because I, I want you to feel like, man, there gotta be more to just life in general. There, there has to be more. Can I tell you, listen to this. This ain't even prophetic. I'm about to give you a word of obvious. You ready? There is more. There is more. There's more. God has so much more available for you, but you're only going to get what you're willing to pay a price for. Jesus. Jesus, scripture says that he was a little kid, and as a little kid, he, he kind of, they go do a census, and he's about 12 years old, and he goes into the temple. And scripture says that his mom and his dad, they leave, uh, Mary and Joseph, they leave. And when they leave, they're looking for Jesus. And then Jesus goes back. And then Jesus says something. When they finally find him, Mary comes up to him. And Mary's like, hey, Jesus, where you been? We've been looking for you crazy. And this is where you can tell that Jesus wasn't Cuban. Because he said, woman, what do you need? You know what I mean? You can't say that to your woman. So he says, he says, woman, do you not know that I am supposed to be about my father's business? Right? And so I think this isn't for a 12-year-old. This is for a 45-year-old, a 50-year-old, a 70-year-old. This is for an 18-year-old that we have to be about the Father's business, not everybody else's business. That God has given us a mandate. What does it mean to be about the Father's business? This next series is going to talk about all of what it means to be about the Father's business. But I think in our own personal life, we have to be careful because, Chino, this is a message that I want you to listen to just this little part right here as well. Later, you can't fix everybody else's problems. And listen, the gospel is all about giving yourself to people. The gospel is about you pouring yourself into people. That is not just the story of Jesus. That obviously, man, but the full gospel is that Jesus, he lived a sinless life. He died for our sins. He resurrected. He gave us life. The gospel doesn't end there. That there is a step after that. That Jesus says, I want you to go and be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. That we all have a mandate and assignment from Jesus. It is called the Great Commission. But it, the gospel just doesn't end on Jesus' resurrection. Easter didn't end the gospel. The gospel is continuing until the day he returns and he comes to take up his church. In the meantime, we are to be on assignment. 
But what happens is that for so many of us, and, and please understand, I'm not minimizing the fact that you keep talking to the same person over and over and over, and you keep giving them the same advice, and you keep telling them the same thing. At some point, you got to give them to God. I'm not telling you to quit. I'm not telling you to give up. Oh, the pastor just say quit. No, no, no. I'm not telling you that. You're in a marriage. You fight for that thing. But there has to be a moment where you understand, God, I got to trust you in this. There are people in your life that you've been after for so long. And man, all they do is embarrass you. All they do is hurt you. All they do is keep asking you for money and never pay you back the money. There has to come a point in your life that you say, man, I got to be about the father's business. I can't be sitting here playing with you all day long when all you want to do is rope a dope and laugh and sit here and talk to me about what the book of Hezekiah says, but you still ain't got a job. And I gave you 14 applications. <laughs> Protect your neck. This wasn't that type of Sunday. I wore my suit so that I could seem pastoral and loving and kind. I want you to understand that there, there has to be a moment that you're about the father's business that you, that, that, listen, man, I'm, I'm being facetious and I'm, I'm joking and I'm laughing, but man, there has to be a moment that you understand this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. My life is to bring people to Jesus. And there's some people that love Jesus. They know how to fast. They know how to pray. And you got to pray for them and you got to love them. But man, you got some people over here that are so broken and so lost and they need you. They need the book that God has put inside of you. They need that sermon that God has put inside of you. They, they need that. They, they just need you. That, that journal entry that you want. They need you. And sometimes if we're not about the father's business and we're constantly being about our business and we're showing up to all these networking events and we're trying to make sure that the next big thing in our business and we're trying to get all of this stuff, but you're not about the father's business. You're finding yourself just in a loop and in a circle. It's going to hurt you. It's going to break you. But I'm speaking to those that actually want to change the world. We got to be about the father's business. Somebody say about the father's business. So Jesus was about the father's business. Not only was he about the father's business, but he uh, uh, or, or he bared the father's fruit. An apple can't bear oranges. An orange tree can't bear watermelon. So if we're about the Father's business, then we're going to be about the Father's business. Our responsibility is once we're rooted and we're planted, we're grafted in John 15, we're grafted into the Father's fruit, into his vine, we're going to bear the Father's fruit. We're not going to bear uh, herb Herbalife fruit. <laughs> we're not going to bear our 501c3 fruit. We're not going to bear the church organization fruit. We're going to bear the father's fruit. It has to come from him, right? So number one, he bared the father's fruit. But then Jesus also, he lived from the father's fruit. So Jesus was always, always at all time trying to spend his time understanding that I'm going to do your work. I'm going to be about your kingdom. But I understand that my resource, that my filling is always going to come from you. I want to show you something. The, the Bible says that. Jesus sends out the apostles and, and the leaders at that time, or the disciples, he sends them out one, um, two by two. The scripture says that there's 72 of them that go out into a city. And he says that when you get to the city, and he's super systematic, that's why I love that today we're having next steps and you're going to learn a little bit about our church. You're going to learn about the systems that make greater church happen and how we have a mission, Matthew 28, 19, to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. The way we say it is reach and empower all people towards a relationship with Jesus. Our vision, what we want to see happen is the very same thing that Jesus wanted to see happen, that people would know God. That's why here on Sundays, we're always going to preach the gospel and we're going to give you a response. If it's one, if it's 20, if it's five people that are watching online, we want you to encounter and we want you to know Jesus but then we want to take it a step further we want you to find freedom we want you to close the door on your yesterday finally it's over you can find healing you don't have to continue to be ravaged by drugs by alcohol you don't have to continue to live because of the sexual abuse you don't have to continue to live in pornography we believe as a church that it's not just the superficial on the outside deal but the inside that God can give you healing and so we've created G groups to be able to do that that summer at greater all of those are different G groups for you to be able to flesh that stuff out and then we help you to discover your purpose that's what next steps is about today they're going to have the graduation go in there and learn a little bit about it eventually so that you can make a difference for you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and then go out and make a difference. That is the call of God over our life. Jesus is giving this mandate to the disciples and he tells them, I want you to go. And when you go to this place, if they receive you, let your grace rest upon them. If you don't, then snatch the, the very dust off your feet and go to the next spot. 
Scripture says that they all come back after that. 140, 150, close to 150 individuals, they come back and they're like, Jesus, we came, we went to the cities. The demons were like, I'm sorry, Jesus. And they left out of people. But we healed people. Like we laid hands on, I can imagine. I would have been like, Jesus would be like, go relax. So ADHD self, chill, bro. Oh, Jesus, you don't understand. I laid hands on this one woman. She was like, eh, and then her arm grew back. I mean, the disciples came back and they were like, man, it's crazy. We saw incredible miracles. There's so much that we did. Oh, my God, Jesus, you have no idea. You have no idea how hype I was. And I can't wait to in a couple of weeks to share this testimony of what God did in Kevin Kiyos' life. I Watch in Ariana's life. Watch when we share these miracles. But something snapped in me because I was just like, oh, hold on one second. God, if you did that, then I know you could do this. And I started to watch God do that. And then I started to watch God do that. And things change when you begin to trust God and believe God. But look at what Jesus said. I want to show you what Jesus said. Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 32. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told them all the things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, watch this. He didn't say, all right, y'all. All right, let's go to Sunbiz. No, what's, what's uh, George's deal? What's the, the, the company? Peach State, Peach, how you, LLC, how you make your LLC? That thing, Peach Incorporated. I don't even know what it is. I forgot what it was. In Florida, it's Sunbiz. But you don't incorporate your LLC. Let's write the grant so that we can get our 501c3. No, he didn't say, hey, let's open up the website. We got to open up an Instagram. I need those stories. Let's put the testimonies. He didn't wait till July 2nd to start a brand new series to start giving testimonies on stage. Look at what he said. He said, come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest for a while. I I want you to say this to your neighbor, but I want you to be careful because wives, I know you've been telling your husband this for a while, so I'm giving you a freebie. Husbands, you've been wanting to say this to your wife for a little while, so I'm giving you a freebie. Um, I, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I just want you to say to them, rest for a while. Look at your other neighbor. Look at your other neighbor. Say, rest for a while (laughs) for there were many coming and going and they did not have even time to eat You, you ever met that person you are that person where you just people are just going and coming and you haven't even had time to eat you ever get to the house and just wonder and just think to yourself dang I forgot to eat some of y'all need to forget to eat, but the other ones, like, that's for you, Chino. That's for you. Hey, I'm shooting bullets everywhere today. <laughs> I'm never coming back to this church. Uh, Chino, that's for you. you. You ever just got home and just like, man, I've been going so hard. I... Or you ever gotten to the point where you're looking at your life and it's been about two weeks and it's not that you haven't eaten physical food, but it's just that you haven't cracked open the Bible in a couple weeks. You got into a place where, man, prayer seems like, God, thank you for this morning. You got into a place where, where it feels like Sundays are the only time that you're sitting there and you're leaning into the presence of God. Man, I, I, I want to hear that song. Oh yeah, that that song. And it's been weeks that you haven't listened to a single worship song outside of a Sunday context. For some of us, we feels like it's been months. We show up to church and it's like, man, I filled myself up. And then, and then stuff happens. Somebody say stuff happens. And you feel like God is mad at you. And you feel like, man, I made, God, I did so much wrong. I, I screwed this thing up. And then what begins to happen is that you look at the church and you begin to say, well, God's mad at me, so the church has to be mad at me. And I can't, I I know I messed up, God, and and I'm embarrassed. And for you to walk through the doors, it means that you're walking to God. And so what you do is that you don't walk through the doors because you don't want to walk to God because you're embarrassed and you feel like you're in his back and you don't understand that we're people, that we're friends, that my name is not Jesus Christ, that my name is not Jehovah, my name is Chino, that I am a friend But we tend to look at the man of God and and the leaders and the church and the church people who are next to us who are going through the same thing. And we tend to look at them and say, man, I'm embarrassed. I can't even look at them in the face. And sometimes all we need is just to come to church and just rest. Some of us at home, man, we just got to take some time to, to rest. 
They performed all these miracles. And Jesus says, pull away. Let's go to a deserted place and rest. For many were coming in and out. And they did not have even time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. The answer to an incredible revival that Jesus gave them. You had an incredible revival. The Holy Spirit was not yet given. John chapter 7 verse 38. So you've spilled yourself out. And you gave it to so many people. Now, you got a little bit in you. And you're just sharing with me. Oh, my God. This is what it looks like inside of you. Oh, my God. You have no idea, Jesus. Oh, what I've done. Oh, my God, Jesus. The demons, they listen to us. You have no idea. And Jesus is saying, hey, I know that space. And I, I need you to just pull away, pull away for a little bit. Because I need you to get filled again. We need to understand that we have to not only bear the Father's fruit, but we have to take from the Father's fruit. Because what happens to a lot of us is that, Chino included, I'm not sitting here with my overly presumptuous, righteous, righteous holier-than-thou self. I have some times when I've been depleted. Depleted, man. I'm tired. I don't want to see no more people. I don't care about people. I'm done with people. Y'all crazy. I don't want to deal with y'all. And I love you. But I've sat on my couch, and you know what I've done on my couch? I'm a sinner. I've turned on Netflix or the PlayStation. Play Call of Duty. Shoot fake people instead of real people. But I'm perfect, y'all. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. Don't, don't look at me like that. But you know what I've done is that I found myself, and instead of bearing or trying to eat from the Father's fruit, I found myself trying to eat from some other fruit and from fruit of things that if you've played as a kid, some of y'all millennials and, and the younger people, y'all don't understand what this is like because outside is like the devil for you. But when we were kids, y'all remember we used to play outside? Remember that? You remember when you used to get so tired and so thirsty? And then remember, would you ever go inside of the house and drink a soda? Because if you drank a soda, you like, it just, it burned you, especially the Sprite from McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, ah, it's just spicy. And so you, you just, what you did was that you went to the water hose. You know what I mean? You went, if you had a little bit of money and your refrigerator had a water, y'all, those were the rich people, the one that had the water. And so you went and you turned on the hose, whatever, but you drank water because you understood that water can quench you and you felt good. The soda just made you more thirsty. Could it be? That we're running to the wrong fountains and we're so depleted and we're so empty. And what we're doing is that we're constantly going to sister so-and-so. And we're constantly going to a one-night stand and a booty call. And we're constantly going here to get filled up with alcohol and constantly getting filled up with drugs. And we're thinking to ourselves, I need to be filled up with love. So I'm going to go on this website and I'm going to spend a little bit of time receiving some type of love. And we're constantly trying to fill ourselves with something that is not the Father's fruit. What you need is Jesus. What you need is the Holy Spirit because he is the water that will quench it was the woman by the well that said if you drink this water you will never be thirsty again it is Jesus we're constantly trying to fill ourselves with the latest book and the latest podcast and TED talk and we're trying to fill ourselves with what the latest pastor said and the latest sermon and we're trying to fill ourselves with what everybody has when we have the father we need to be able to draw close to the father and sometimes what ends up happening is that we lose our rhythm sometimes. And I'm not, again, I found myself filling myself up with things. I, I just want to sit down and not do nothing. And that sit down and not do nothing, not only does gravity take a hold of you and just suck everything down, but your whole spirit, your whole life just gets drawn down. And we got to get to a space where we're able to say, man, I'm tired, I'm depleted. But Father, here I come to you. I know that you can feel me. I'm not, I know that I can watch another episode. And, and man, I know I could just lay down. But, but Father, I need you to fill me. And sometimes in that, there's a rhythm to this thing. This is not something that it's just, it's not super easy. But I'm not talking to the people that just want super easy. This takes a little bit of maturity. But there's a rhythm to this thing. And sometimes with me, sometimes reading the word, I open up the Bible. And as soon as I open up the word and I begin to read, all of a sudden it fills me up and I'm ready. Sometimes I'll listen to a sermon. 
And the sermon will give me the energy and the strength. And man, T.D. Jakes does not ever miss. I don't care what you think about him. He, it just, I can't stand that man. He just, everything God said. And it's like, oh my God, but God said. Like the way he said that God said. You know what I mean? But that's me. But you, you, you listen. To, sometimes, sometimes it's shutting everything down and, and closing my Bible. And sometimes I'll just put my AirPods on. And I'll just put some worship music. And words that somebody who maybe had a little bit more strength than I did at the time, they begin to write these songs. And all I do is just begin to sing these songs back to you. Lord, you're a way maker, miracle worker. Lord, you're a promise keeper. Now, Lord, that's, that's who you are. You're not my failures. You're not the one that judges me for my past. And all of a sudden, I'll just begin to sing songs. And now all of a sudden, I'm having a worship service and I'm beginning to pray. Because I just, I just changed the rhythms up a little bit. Some of y'all been getting up in the morning and you think that that's the only way that God can speak to you. Get up in the morning. Spend time with God in the morning. For you, me, that's how God has to work. Because the moment that I look at this demonic thing right here, it's a wrap. But for me, it has to be in the morning before all the distractions. I put my little cup of coffee on. And, but there are times that that rhythm right there, I don't want to get up in the morning. Because I was up too late hanging around on Tuesday with y'all ratchet young adults. And I'm like, I don't want to. And I, don't, I, don't, I want to sleep. And so I have to find another rhythm. So everybody say rhythm. Can I tell you one rhythm that you can do? Is put it on your calendar. Put it on your wall. God, I got to spend time with you. And listen, this isn't a message about how to spend time with God. This is a message about you going deeper. It's not about you reading your Bible, about you praying. It's about you going deeper and expanding your spiritual authority through intimacy. Number one, Jesus understood that he... He has to be about the father's business. But then number two, he understood that I, I need to eat from the father. And that means that I got to find my rhythms in the father. But then there's a step further that he took that it's super important and vital for us. Not only did he find his rhythm, but the scripture says that he, scripture said, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. So abiding in God. Number three, abide with God. Jesus, he abided with God. He was present. He was lasting. He was enduring. I want you to show, I want to see, I want to show you, I want to show you this. John 15 verses four through five, five, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the van, in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. So there comes these moments where Jesus would just abide with the Father. And it felt like he was just constantly just being filled. And it just feels like it's just a filling. And it, it just, this is, this is what it looks like sometimes. And man, we know what this feels like with us when we, when we abide with God. It, that there is, I'm not trying to over-physicalize it. I don't even know that's a word. But you feel it. You feel God. It's like, man, it's just... You stand in his presence. And there was a moment right here next to, I was standing there in worship and we were just singing and man, you just, you just feel God. And it's just like, man, Lord, I just, and those moments just rock you because you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in, like I'm, I'm, I'm here. And I, I could just, I physically feel it. Man, you can live that way. That doesn't have to be just moments where you get filled, but this could be a regular rhythm of your life that when you wake up in the morning, you feel them. But when you're driving in your car, you feel them. That when you're standing in front of your boss and you want to tell him some words that are not holy, you can feel them. <laughs> that you can leave work and you can feel them. That you can be in the middle of a conversation with your spouse and you can feel them. That you can be in the worst state of your life, in the lowest point of your life, and you can feel them. That you can just close a deal where you got more money than you've ever gotten. And this has been the greatest year of your life. And you can feel them. That you can feel them and you can abide with God at all times. Three quick things that I'm going to tell you about abiding. When you abide with God, when you feel him, it's about abiding with him. It's not about you doing. This looks like a lot of us, and, and me included, even when I'm in my devotional times. Sometimes with my devotional times, I got to be careful because I will pull something out that God will give me. And immediately I'm thinking about you. And I will begin to write stuff down. And I'm like, oh man, this is... And I got to be, I have to discipline myself to say, if God wants me to give this to other people, then he'll put it, he'll impress it, he'll show it, he'll confirm it in another way. But right now I got to be selfish. This has to be about me and it has to be about me not doing stuff, but me being able to just sit there. How many y'all, how many married folk we got in the building? 
raise your hand. Oh, we got a lot of married folk in the building. Married folk, make sure that y'all get on this thing here because we're going to teach y'all how to do the salsa. And we got food. And we're going to pray and do the anointing stuff. All that stuff is great. But we're going to dance the Christian salsa, maybe. <laughs> but for the married folk. Married folk, what would happen? I, you don't even got to like... Give me a full sentence. You could just, some of this stuff is just groans from within that the Holy Spirit interprets. What will happen if you on a date? And for some of my engaged dating people, what will happen if you on a, on a date with your significant other and you like this? You heard that? Oh, that came, came from the shakan. Oh, what will happen? But you ever found yourself like this when you're praying? You ever found yourself abiding with the Father, but abiding with what the email? And sometimes, man, I'm not, I'm not minimizing this, but some of us, we're driving in the car, and it's important that you pray, man, and sometimes that's a rhythm that you have to find, and man, I don't speak against it, or nor do I want to discourage you. But sometimes, man, we're, we're, we're driving, and we're so distracted with so many different things that to sit there and just focus on the Father, sometimes it's hard, man. Abiding, but not doing. It's super important. But not only abiding and not doing, but abiding and intentionally sensing. So the thought about us being with God at all times and abiding at all times, this intentional sensing, which is something that I try to do, and, and this isn't a biblical term or something that's even explained in books and stuff. I think it's just something that I've, I've been able to kind of, I don't know, I guess I just do, is that I'm constantly, I could watch a movie and I could see God in it. And some of y'all do the same thing. I could have a conversation and in the conversation, I'm like, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to do in this thing? Do I have regular conversations where I don't think about God? Yeah, I do. I'm not like super spiritual and super holy. I can have a conversation with you and I'm not thinking about, oh my God, that's a sermon in itself. But I'm constantly thinking when things happen, I'm trying to find God in the middle of it. There's times that I've been in situations where I just sit there and I close my eyes and I'm just like, God, what do you want to say in this moment? What do you want to do in this moment? There's something that happens when you begin to intentionally look for God. Favorite scripture in the world. You probably know this because you heard it 50 million times from me. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. I'm sensing. I'm trying. Where are you? I'm acknowledge, I know you, I see you. If I acknowledge you, it's like, I acknowledge you, Renee. You're right here in front of me. I acknowledge you. I'm starting, where do I see God? That's how you abide with God when you just start looking for him in the business deal. Are you in this paperwork? Am I about to make a mistake with this thing? I'm, I'm going to acknowledge you. It's easy to worship in church. It's hard to worship when you're at work. But you have to train your soul you have to train your body to catch up with your spirit so it begins to acknowledge where God is and you start to see him in everything that you do. So it's intentional sensing. So it's abiding is about being, not doing. It's about intentionally sensing. And then the last one today, abiding is about willing persistence. Willing persistence. So it's a constant deal of constantly chasing after God. But God, I mean, you know, I just want to take some time. to my Good, this isn't for you. God bless you. Come back next Sunday. We're good. But for us, we want to see the gifts of the Spirit be manifest. We want to watch God do something in and through our life. We want our grandchildren to be able to say, my granddaddy, the things that he started and he did. If we want to hear about, man, the way that my mom was, I remember waking up at four in the morning and she was in, I didn't know what she was saying. It sounded like, and it was just, I didn't know what she was doing. But I knew that when I went to school that day and that bus should have hit me, I don't know why I stood there and watched it go in front of me. It's because I got a praying mama because I got somebody who's standing in the gap because I know that I'm abiding with Jesus but it has to be willing persistence willing persistence it's not easy if it was everybody do it that's the cliche ain't it that's the cliche ain't it man it's it's hard sometimes I'm gonna use this word and I broke it down from the it's in the original Greek but I was able to find it in the Septuagint and bring it back to the English it's sometimes it's boring Sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm like, an amoeba ship begot Kabidomet. <laughs> and Secunda begot Shabilovef. Dang, I went to high school with him. And <laughs> there's a price, man. There's a, there's a price. 
This isn't for the faint of heart. And listen, I'm not trying to create an elite system where it's like the people who paid the price and then the ones that didn't pay the price. Man, you are, when we all die, when you die, whether you never speak a lick of tongues, whether you never lay your hands on the sick, whether God never puts revelation in you to be able to help them, even if you get to a point where you never even lead anybody to Jesus. Big, big, big talk. Scriptures, when you get to heaven, and I'm going to say this because you understand it, well done, good and faithful servant. That wasn't about heaven, that was about money. But, but that will be your story. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because he did the heavy lifting. You're in, you're in there. Again, some of us, man, we want to, I don't want to waste my life. I want to spend my life. I want my life to be written in people's hearts. I want to see my children do things and stand on my shoulder and go so much further than I was ever able to go because they watched their daddy do it. And now they're saying, daddy did it, I can do it. And they watch things happen. That's why I bring my children when we're praying for people. That's why my children will be on stage. And that's why you'll see, they'll see the things that God is doing because it's on them next. I'm going to be an old, triple dope old man. And I'm, I'm still going to be preaching. I'm still going to be doing something. Bothering nuns here, some of her and her husband and her kids. But I know for sure that my kids are, my, oh, they got excited about that one. But there's a price to pay. You can have as much of God as you want, but not more than you're willing to pay the price for. There's a difference. How many of y'all ever heard of the, of the NBA? One, two, three. I need to be a little bit more culturally relevant. It's the National Basketball Association. These are professional players of which the devil stole the championship from the Miami Heat last year. But I believe in the God of the second chance. I don't even know what that means. But there's a difference between NBA players, right? And for some of us that we play ball, we understand. There's a difference between NBA players and the LA Fitness players. I mean, the dudes at LA Fitness, they think they're it. I should have been in the league. But it was my cousin's aunt, that her mother, you know what I mean? I, my, my right leg is, is shorter than my left leg. Some weird. They always got a different excuse. I went to college, but then, you know, I had my 14th child. If I'm honest with you, the, usually the big separator, and in this book, Good to Great by Jim Collins, he even... He did a case study, 25 years of examining businesses. I mean, some of the greatest businesses in the world. But usually, even with basketball players, football players, even the people in your life that you see that have accomplished something of some sort of merit, nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, it's this one four-letter word, work. The difference between them is that some of them, they get up in the morning and they're working out. They go get a snack. And they're right back in the gym. They might not be working out with weights, but they're taking shots. They're doing different drills. And then they go and they eat some food, rest for a little while. And then in the evening, they come back to do two more workouts. And this is what their life consists of. It's, I mean, a constant grind that they're constantly grinding. But that's why they just got drafted a couple of days ago into the NBA. Because they put in the work. And for some of us who are Christians, man, we got to put in the work. This isn't about Bible study. This isn't about a prayer life. This is about expanding your spiritual authority through intimacy. It's about you spending time with the Father and you understanding it takes sacrifice. I want to be able to see God use me and I want God to fill me in such a way that I'm being spilled out into other people's lives, but I'm constantly being filled. I'm constantly being filled. So it's not going to be a space where I'm going to allow for the enemy to find any type of space in me because I'm constantly filled. It's good. That was part of the example. I don't want to break. No, I lied. I dropped the cup. It's okay. There's no example there. There's no example. But I want to be filled. I want to be filled in such a way that when the enemy tries to grab hold of me, he can't. I don't even know. There's one side of me that preaches this message. There's one side of me that preaches this message, understanding, Chino, you're putting a heavy bar on people. And it's, and it's important for me, 
And as you come to greater church, I think God has given me, I'm not anointed in a lot of things. I feel like one of the things that God has anointed me in is to be able to take complex things and just turn them into a morsel of bread, right? Like that's, I try as much as I can. I want to break it. What can people take, consume? But it's not about consuming. What can they do? That has always been my message when I'm writing my word, when I'm writing the word, when I'm writing a sermon, it's like, yo, what are people going to do with this? How can they do this? So it's, it, it was important and vital for me to ask myself the question, am I setting the bar too high and then I thought for myself I'm not setting the bar too high you can't do it I'm setting the bar at impossible you can't there's no way that you can achieve anything that I'm saying here outside of understanding that it has to be Jesus first that Jesus did the heavy lifting way before you ever did it that understanding that yeah I gotta get to a place where I'm pushing and I'm grinding and I'm moving towards God and I'm reading books and I'm reading devotionals. I'm showing up to church. I'm reading my word. I'm spending time with the Father and I'm constantly just pushing. I hate this, but I'm constantly pushing and I'm constantly because I want to develop. I want to grow. I want to be able to develop spiritual gifts. I want my spiritual authority. I want God to continue to use me and I, I want to push and I want to, but I want you to understand that the only reason you're doing is because the root of this thing is that Jesus already did that for you. Because what will happen is that for some of you that don't have Jesus, for some of you that have never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can begin to look at all these things and say, man, this is overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. You start with Jesus. It always starts with Jesus. It was the blood of the lamb that was shed for you so that you can have access to this relationship. Before you ever develop spiritual authority, you got to develop spiritual. That God has to come. Scripture says that he who knew no sin, it was Jesus. He took all of your sin and in exchange for your sin, he's giving you righteousness. He's called you a son, a daughter of God. But then he begins to bestow gifts on you. But it begins with Jesus. And for those of you who are in this place and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, today we want to give you an opportunity and I want to take a minute just to pray for you. I'm going to ask you if that's you in this place and I'm going to ask you to bow your head in a moment. And I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This prayer doesn't save you. This isn't some spiritual kooky thing that we do so that your name can be written in a church member role. We don't do church members at Greater. We do family, so your name ain't going nowhere. This is a moment between you and God. But if you're in this place and you're saying, Chino, today I got to get it right with God. Before I start doing all this other stuff, the first thing I need to do is that I'm empty and I'm far from him. And then I just need to be filled. So would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church.com 